you know? Today is, is going to be a fun day. I, uh, I um, was just thinking about standing in front of you wearing a shirt that has flowers on it. <clears throat> I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal until out of the mouth of babes came mockery for my shirt. I was told that my shirt is a shirt that the girls would wear because it has flowers on it. I second-guessed myself at that moment, but I was already committed because I was here. It's the same shirt that one of my kids said to my wife, hey, that's a nice shirt, Mom. <laughs> it's your dad's. So, hope you guys enjoy it. I hope we can laugh together a little bit more than just that, but uh, I want to start by saying something to you guys this morning, and it's something we say often, and, and I want you to hear it. Um, you are loved. You're loved by our staff. You're loved by Matt and Andrew and myself. And we love you, and we're thankful for the opportunities to serve you and share God's word with you. <clears throat> also, in saying that, uh, where's Matt? You, I don't know if you guys know this. It's Matt's birthday today. Happy birthday, Matt. <laughs> yep. So I was going to sing to him, but he doesn't want that, so we'll, move, we'll skip that portion. So, yeah. no, it's okay. It's okay. He doesn't want it. He doesn't. I can tell back there right now. I'm looking at him. So, okay. Um, with that. Uh, you know, today we're going to be starting the second week of what we're doing. We're, we're kind of going through a sermon series on giving. It's, it's, it's God's gifts to us and our response, and, and how do we look at giving? You know, last week we looked at the first part of this, and it was um, our offerings to God. And we looked at Cain and Abel and what they presented to God. You know, they each brought an offering, they brought a gift to him, and one of those gifts was looked at with favor and the other was not. That portion of scripture uh, um, pointed us to one of the most important parts of giving, and it's the heart, the heart of trusting um, the sacrifice, the offering of Jesus. You know, one of those offerings was made trusting in the promises that God would deliver to them, <coughs> and the other one was just given. So hear me, both brought an acceptable offering. But it, one brought one with a heart that wasn't right, and one brought one with a heart that was right, as we saw in Hebrews chapter 4, or 11. So today we're going to be looking at this a little bit more, but since last week we covered the, the beginning of offering, the beginning of giving back to God, the heart, getting that right, that right first, this week we're going to kind of look at some of, of how do we give. You know, what, is, what does the New Testament say about this? So as we start this um, Let's just think through. This is one of the things that's tougher to teach about in the church because people, uh, they like their money, right? Don't we all? I mean, just as a start, and, and I, I, I do this tongue-in-cheek each time. I, I do it to be funny, but it, it has some meaning behind it. You know, when I go to McDonald's to order, because I like McDonald's, um, <clears throat> I, I go through the drive-thru, and I have my credit card, and I, and I order my food, and I get there, and then I hold my credit card out, and then I wait for the lady to take it. I know I'm going to pay her. I know I'm going to give her the money. But as she reaches for it, I kind of don't look at her. And then I hold it there. And as she reaches for it, I just kind of move it around. And then she's reaching for it the whole time. And, 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 and it's a little bit of a sign of what we do with our offerings. It's a little bit of reluctantly giving back. We, we know we should do it. But our, our heart wants to hold on, right? Right? 
Our mind, our heart, our soul wants to hold on. So, so we're going to look at this today. Let's pray, and then we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So let's pray. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, would you speak to our hearts, our minds, our souls? And Lord, reveal yourself <coughs> again as the ultimate giver. Lord, may we give back to you with our gifts that you have been blessing us with. We give you thanks. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's read the text. The text comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 11. Here's what it says. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all significancy in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. All right. This is a, a text where Paul is getting his friends ready to give. He, he, he sends this letter of Corinthians ahead of him um, to his friends, and, and the people are reading it, and he, what he's saying is, I'm going to be visiting you soon, and as I'm getting ready to come and visit you, I want you to be preparing to give an offering. I want you to prepare to give a gift to help other people. And he says, and he says in the chapter, in the verses before this, he says, I'm, I'm letting you know this so that you can prepare for and decide what you want to give so you can give freely. And in verse 6, he starts off and he says this, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever gives bountifully will also reap bountifully. bountifully. You, know what, you know how we read this? You know, at least this is how I read this. I read it like this. The point is this, whoever gives cheaply will also receive cheaply. Whoever gives little will receive little. And whoever gives a lot will also receive a lot. And, 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 and the danger in this, when we, when we look at something like this, is because we have people out there who, like these TV evangelists, who would just love to, at this point, tell you, now take out your checkbook and write a check to the TV channel, to the, to the, the church that we're, we're, we're sending this sermon from, and write a check, and God will bless you. You ever heard that? Man, I hear it all the time. And, 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 and it's sad because sometimes like, oh, that's a good message, and now it's like, okay, now give, because when you give, there's a promise that he'll give you even more. And it's, it's like this prosperity gospel. And, and, and what happens when we look at giving in this way, I want you to hear this. I really do. I want you to hear this. That makes God a deal maker. That makes God a wheeler and a dealer. If you give to God, you will receive more from him. I want you to think about something. If that was true, if it was true that if I gave to God, he was then going to give me more back, I would bring in $1,000 every Sunday. And I would place it in there, and I would wait for 2000 or 3000 to come back to me, right? Yes or no? Wouldn't you do that? Okay. 
And why would you do that? Because you love a deal. You love to get more back than what you gave, right? That's how we function. And if that was true, then, then I would come back the second week after I received more, let's say it was 5,000, and this time I'd be like, man, I just received 1,000, I put 1,000 in. What happens if I put 4,000 in, right? And then I'd put the 4,000 in, and I would walk away, and I would sit around, and I would be waiting for God to deliver 7,000. And then when he did, I'd be like, whoa, what would I do? And I would be giving not because I was giving back, but I would be giving because I wanted something back, right? Well, if that was all true, then that would make God a casino. That would make the church a casino. You go into a casino, you lay your money down, and what do you hope happens? You lose it? You guys gamble, I can tell by your response. But you don't do that. You don't go into a casino, you don't lay down $100 and say, oh, man, uh, I hope I lose. You go in there with, with a hope that you're going to take, right? And, 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 and sometimes that's part of how we treat an offering. Because, of, because we, we pick out a, text, uh, a verse out of a text and we only look at one part of it. And we, we leave hoping for a return, not because we're giving thanks for what we've already received. Now let's go back to what we talked about last week. One offering was accepted by God and one was not. If you're giving and hoping that because of your gift you'll receive a bigger gift, then your gift is invalid. Keep it. Keep it at that point. If you're giving because you're hoping to receive more than what you gave, keep your offering because your heart's not right. But if you're giving because you're thankful for what you've been given and been provided for, and you're trusting in the promise of, of the ultimate gift, then your heart is right. We give out of what we, what we have received. We give out of the hope that what we have received in Christ Jesus. Staying in this verse, I want to point something out to you because we look at the word sparingly and bountifully, and, 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 and it brings me to an illustration. And, and it works like this. Watch this. Uh, my, ki my kids don't know I'm doing this, so I, I'm sorry. Hey, Maya, I have a question for you. If you had $20 and you lost that $20 somewhere in our house, hopefully it's in the house, you know, you're not, you're not positive, what would you do? You what? You'd look for it? How would you look for it? Like, would you really look for it? Would you look in couch, couch, out under the couch cushions? Would you clean your whole room? Would you look everywhere? Yes, because it's twenty dollars. Because twenty dollars is a lot of money, right? Yes or no? Yes. She's a little shy today. Twenty dollars is a lot of money. Now James just left, and he was supposed to be a part of this. So next person up is Lee. <laughs> Lee, same question. If you lost twenty dollars somewhere throughout the day, you going back looking everywhere for it? No. She answered for you. <laughs> Anita, why is that? Because it's just $20, let's be honest. Well, I think you would hope that someone else would need it more than you did. Oh, she thinks you have a good heart. That's good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. The answer I was really looking for is this. If I lost $20, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going back over every step to look for it. I'm not. Because $20 probably means something differently to me than it does to somebody else. 
I could have used the illustration of, of, of $1 and 100 but the thing is, when we look at a verse and it says, whoever gives sparingly and whoever gives bountifully, you know, we look at that, and in our minds, we assume that bountifully means a lot, right? I mean, we, we, we look at that and think, man, that means God's calling me to give, I don't even know how much, X number of dollars. And, and, and that's, not this, that's not what he's saying. It's, it's, it's looking at it, and it's saying for each one of us, that's different. We all have different jobs. He each blesses in different ways. So, <coughs> so it's a true statement that God blesses us in different ways. And he's asking us to look at what you have received and to give back to him. Verse 7, um, it says, Each one must give as he or she has decided in his or her heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Look at the first part of it, the first part that I underline. It says, let's look at, um, it says, each one, what's it say? Must give. Each one must give. It doesn't say, and I want you to hear this, it doesn't say those who make over 100000 must give. Because if you make $13,000 a year, did God bless you? Did you earn that thirteen, Or did God provide for you? Each one, it says, each one must give. There, there isn't an out clause that, hey, I didn't make enough this year, so I don't need to give. But you know what there is? There's a trust clause. There's a trust clause in there. In our hearts, and our minds, and our souls, that we are to trust God to provide for us. And out of what he blesses us with, we give back to him. You know, one of my, my favorite stories on, on giving comes from the Old Testament. You know, it's when, it's when the Israelites uh, leave Egypt <coughs> and and they're wandering in the wilderness, and, the, and they realize, they're looking around, and this is what they realize. They realize we're in the middle of a desert, and, and there's no what? Food, and there's no water, and there's no stores to go buy stuff, right? And, and, and so what are they surrounded by? Nothing. Nothingness, okay? And out of the nothingness, God provides for them. Out of the nothingness, water springs forth from rocks. Hard for us to believe, right? Out of the, out of the nothingness, it says that they walked around the wilderness for how long was it? 40 years. And their shoes didn't give out. God provided. But one of my favorite parts about in this side of this story is when God says to them, and they're, and they're, and they're, they're grumbling, they don't see a way, they look around the desert, they don't see food for all of them, the, the thousands of them, they look around and they don't see a way, they don't see anything of God providing for them and, and, and they're grumbling that they're hungry and God delivers manna for them. But before he gives to them, this is what he says to them. Hey, I'm going to deliver you food. Each day, go out and take for, what you, take for your family what you need as I deliver it to you. I'll come back the second day, and I'll provide for you again. And I'll come back to you the third day, and I'll provide for you again. And the fifth day, and on the sixth day, what does he say? Take a double portion. Take enough for both days. Okay? And he's saying, 
Look around. There's no other way for you to be provided for. There's only one who can provide for you. There's only one who has the ability to provide for all of your needs. And it is me, God. And as he says to them, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. He declares it, and then you're looking around, and you're desperate, and you don't realize that there's no other way. And then he delivers on day one the manna. And the people see it, and they go out to the field, and what do they do? Anyone? They grab it. They hoard it. They grab every little bit they can, and they bring it back, and they eat some, they take some, and then they have this leftovers, and it becomes rotten. And, it's, and it shows something about the heart of man doesn't it? We're takers. God just said, I'm going to miraculously provide for you. I'm going to do it for you each day. And so he provides for them. Do you think they trusted God to provide for them the next day? That's why they took more, right? I mean, the same God who delivered them out of Egypt, the same God who, 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 um, delivered all the plagues and, 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 and saved them. The same God who separated the Red Sea, the same God <coughs> who does all these things for them, and, and on the, d- the first day when the man is laid out there for them, what do they do? They don't trust him. They don't trust him. They took like they didn't expect God to show up again for them tomorrow. And my question for you is when you give an offering back to God, do you give trusting and knowing that he is going to provide for you again tomorrow and the next day and the day after that? So whether you make little or you make much, there is a calling for you to trust God and to give generously and bountifully. How do we determine that? How much is bountiful? The part... um, of that verse that we are to give. So it says, uh, I don't know what that is for each person. I, I don't know what it means to give generously for each of you. Um, but I do understand this. It says for you to determine it where? In your heart. It says for you to determine it in your heart where you are going to give. And, 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 and what that really means is this, that God is looking for a considerate and thoughtful gift. Just a question. When you give, do you think through it? Don't answer out loud. I want you to process it. When you give, do you sit down and do you look at, um, at, at what has come in and said, you know what, Lord? I want to give this much. Lord, I want to give back to you. I want to give thanks to you. Or do you just give, um, I mean, I don't mean this. You know what? I got, <coughs> I got my checkbook here. I'm just going to write something real quick, tear it off, and put it in. Part of the gift that God wants from you is for you to be thinking through it, to process it, to give thanks for it. I think that's probably the biggest thing we miss out on giving. I think that's the part, and this is not the funnest sermon to give, telling you and instructing you on what God says about how we give. I mean, I feel it too, but I think the thing that we miss out on is, is that we miss out on the part where, where we're supposed to be praying about our gifts and, and giving thanks for it. It becomes just something that we do and not something, not an offering. Yeah. 
I'm going I'm to skip down just a little bit, and I'm going to talk about, um, you know, people will ask me, like, well, do I tithe? Do, how much do I give? Like, like, just tell me what I'm supposed to give so I just know. And I just look, do I tithe? Sure. But do I give more than a tithe? Sure. Do I give less? Go for it. I don't care what you give. I care that you go to the Lord and earnestly seek him with your heart, mind, and soul. And, 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 and not only do I not care, I have no clue what you give. Who, who is it on Sundays that collects those, those little offering dishes? Who knows in our church? Sharon and Doug, and they're t- are they teaching today in Sunday school? They're teaching. So Sharon and Doug collect these. I've never once collected money in this church. Who counts the money? Pam, who does that? What's that? And then what do they do with it? Do they give it to you? They give it to you? So I've been here over 100 Sundays. Have I ever helped you with that? Do I have any clue what any single person in this church gives? Not one. I I don't want your money. I want you to give an offering to your Lord, your Savior, your God, the one who provides for you. And you know what I know about this? I know that as we think through it, and as we think through and give a gift, this is what used to always happen to me, okay? Well, since I've been married to Jenny um, for 19 years, this is what happens. You know, for the first number of years, (laughs) we used a checkbook. (laughs) We don't do that anymore. At least we don't, you know. But Jenny would write out these... (coughs) this check, and, and, and I always folded it, and she either she'd put it in the offering plate, or, or I'd put it in a pocket, and I'd put it in the offering plate, and, and, and you, we would give. But I, I, I'm not kidding you when I say this. For me, I was always tempted to keep it. I knew I never would. But as I'm sitting there in the service, and, and, and you're getting to the place where the offering's going to come, like mentally it would strain on me like I know I have to give this I know I have to give this I know I have to give this and something was wrong when you sit there and you think I I, I have to give something that I think is mine that I think I earned it maybe you guys don't feel that way but I do like like and then this awesome thing happens online giving I love it because my wife who knows how to use a computer better than I do set it up and we give and it's just going to be taken out. So when people say, well, do I give online? Do I give, do I give in the plate? Sure. You know, do I give before taxes or after taxes? Sure. Like, I don't care. You know, but like, but be thoughtful. And, 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 and as the plate comes around, give thanks for what God's done for you. And I, I think this is tough because I, I honestly believe Satan attacks this. Satan does not want us to trust God. We say that giving and tithing, or however you want to do it, is, is a form of worship. And, and if we'd be silly to think that he isn't going to attack that. Part of the reason why it's hard for us to give is because we believe we've worked for something, we earned it, we think it's limited, we think that, 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 um, that we come up with a number of reasons why it's hard for us to give. And God says, um, a little bit further down, that he loves a cheerful giver. 
And it's hard to be cheerful when we part with anything that we think we've earned. And I think that's part of the problem. And it leads us to, to verse 8 and verse 9 and verse 10. And it says, um, it, it has where, where God gives to us in all ways, in all things that we need, in grace, in our needs, in all things, and in all times. Verse 9 says this, it is written, He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. And, and even that, when we look at it, we think, oh man, that, that God gives generously to us with, with, with our funds. But what about how God gives generously to us spiritually? The way that God is calling us to give back to him an offering is the same way that God presented Jesus Christ to us. He gave Jesus to us freely. We were poor. We were spiritually broken. We were spiritually bankrupt. And his righteousness endured forever. And it says, He who supplies the seed to the sower and the bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase your harvest. Look at verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower. You know what the problem is? The problem is we don't see him as the supplier. We see him as the taker. When we give the church, we see him as the taker. Please, my friends, this is, at least this is what I think. I could be wrong about this. I could be wrong. But I think this is where we repent. This is where we repent. We repent because of how we, we see God as a taker and not a freely, freely, one who freely gives to us. We, we don't always see that just as he provided for Adam and Eve in the garden with all of their needs, just as they sinned on him and turned their back on him, that he provided a way through Jesus Christ, just as they did in the Old Testament with the Israelites, and, 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 and he provides for them in the same way he provides for us with all of our needs. If you ever question this, I, I, want, I want you to come and talk to me. I want you to talk to me if you don't see God as the one who provides for you the things that you have, the things that you need. Because I believe in a generous God who freely gave Jesus to us. And I hope that as we, we go through this for one more week, Pastor Andrew's doing one, that we continue to see that it's from him, out of nothingness, he provides all things for us. He is the ultimate supplier of everything that we need. And in that, let's pray. Dear Lord, <clears throat> everything I have comes from you. Everything that we have is blessed by you. Lord, may you remind us of that. May you give to us freely. May we give thanks for the, our harvest, no matter what it looks like no matter what the form it is. In the good times and the bad, may we give you thanks, Lord. Would you bless us? Would you, would you bless us in, in, in not just our bank accounts, but in our health and in our relationships? <coughs> and most importantly, spiritually, Lord. Lord, I repent because there's times when I, when I treat you as a taker. But really, you've been freely given to me. So, Lord, we give you thanks. Amen.